It would be great to have a pocket full of gold, but the heart in the end is worth much more. A quote from Thomas Eugene Scott. Today, we're going to talk about the truth concerning our hearts. If you're interested in learning more, stay with me and listen in. Hey friend, welcome to the Shattered in the Beautiful podcast. I'm Jeannie Smith. If your heart is hurting, no matter what your circumstances are, there is only one healer. Through biblical content, I will teach you how to experience whole healing and soar into great purpose. So let's get into today's show. Grab your favorite coffee, journal, and Bible. It's time to dig in and unwrap your gift. Hey, sweet friends, welcome back to the show. I am your host, Jeannie Smith, and I welcome you to the Shattered and the Beautiful podcast. Well, today we are talking about our hearts. Gosh, God puts so much value on our hearts. Our hearts are the most important thing to Him. And so if our hearts are the most important thing to God, then by the very nature, it should be very important to us as well. So I want to allow Ezekiel 36, 25 through 27 be the foundation of our talk together today. And here's what it says. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all of your uncleanliness and from all your idols. I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Isn't that lovely? And I love the promises here that God is speaking this chapter here in Ezekiel is really about restoration. The entire chapter 36 is about restoration. God has given promises here that he is going to restore. And in this passage alone that I just read to you, there are so many ands. Did you catch how many ands? He says, you will be clean from your uncleanliness and from all your idols. He says, I will give you a heart and a new spirit. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Now, here's what I love about this. God is speaking to a broken nation. Okay, now let's make this personal. God is speaking to us whom he knows is broken. And he's laying out a promise here. Now, I love that God is not saying he's going to, you know, patch things up. He's not saying, hey, I'm going to put a a bandage over this, right, or a band-aid over this. He's not just going to wipe off the muck around the wound. He's not going to wipe the dust off, or he's not going to ignore it, okay? He's not saying any of those things. He is saying something far greater. He's talking about complete restoration, not a repaired heart, not a repaired boo-boo, right? He's not going to put some 
you know, fix it up glue on this. No, he's saying he is going to give a brand new heart. Now, I remember when the Lord spoke this to me directly, personally. I was all alone with him, and I was working through some Bible study questions that I had, and it was just during a season when I was hurt and I was broken. And God directed me to this scripture. And when I read this scripture, something happened to me. It permeated my heart. It was literally like my heart was being torn down and rebuilt back up. Now, I could feel it in the spiritual realm. I could feel it spiritually happening. There was, you know, tears flowing from my face because I was reading these words. I will sprinkle clean water on you and I will clean you. And as I was reading this, I began to cry because there was a cleansing going on. Do y'all know that the power of God's word is so profound? Like there is nothing like it. It changes lives. It saves lives. It is eternal. It has a huge weight of glory upon it. There is nothing like it. What the word of God can do. Matter of fact, it says, we've said this before, the word of God came to set us free. The word of God came to deliver us. So his word delivers us. And so what was happening to me as I was reading these words, his word was setting me free. His word was restoring my heart. And so I wasn't just getting some, you know, antibiotic cream and a bandage put over my wounded heart. No, my heart was being torn down and rebuilt back up, okay? So I got a new heart. I gave him my old heart, and he gladly took it because I was willing to let him have it. Did you hear me? I was willing to let him have it. And in exchange, he gave me a brand new heart. You see, there was an exchange that happened there from Jesus through his word. I got a brand new heart and I love this, a brand new spirit. Does anybody need a new heart and a new spirit? Well, let me introduce you to Jesus. Let me introduce you to this passage of scripture Open up your Bible, open up to the book of Ezekiel, look at chapter 36, read 24, 25, 26 for yourself, specifically 25 and 26, and journal, write down what's happening to you as you read that. What are you allowing God to do? Are you allowing God to do anything? Will you allow God to restore your broken heart and give you a new heart? and a new spirit. Now, let me just tell you this. The heart is an interesting thing. We talked about how important it was already, but it is a very critical issue. It's very critical, and I want to talk about that from a physical perspective and also in a spiritual perspective. Because I come from the medical field, I find it very interesting that there are four chambers in our heart, right? Well, in the same sense spiritually, we have four chambers in our heart. And all of them have to be functioning and working properly. If they're not, from a physical perspective, we find ourselves in a critical condition, right? We are laid up in the hospital. The heart is nothing to play with without it flowing properly the way that it needs to flow. Without the blood pumping through those arteries and those veins, we will die. So the heart is a very critical issue. Now, in the same regard, spiritually, it is a very critical issue. 
So if it is not healthy, if it is not functioning properly the way that it needs to, then it becomes a spiritual critical condition. And just like with the physical heart, if it's not functioning, we can die just the same manner. The spiritual heart, if it is not functioning and healthy and whole the way it needs to be, we can spiritually die. So there is a connection there. And I want to talk about uh, in a little bit later in this episode, the components of those four chambers that I just spoke about and the difference between a positive heart and a negative heart. But right now, I want to look more into this transformation of the new heart and the new spirit. Now, Paul talks about this also in the letter to the Corinthians when he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. And see, the new has come. Now, why I want to share that is because that word there, the new. Now, God said, I'm going to give you a new heart and a new spirit. And here Paul is also saying in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that the new creation has come. The old has passed away and the new has come. And the question that I want to pose for you is, are you walking and living in the new? If you've been given a new heart, are you walking and living in the newness of that heart? Because that changes everything, right? When we are adopted into God's family, we receive the Holy Spirit. And then that begins to transform our hearts in a way that causes us to want to obey his word. We want to serve him. We want to to be his servant. And we want to do everything he wants us to do. If we love him, we obey him. And so there's this desire in us, this transformation that happens that wants us to embrace that type of life and service to our King Jesus, right? He changes us to our core. And so we've heard, you know, this buzz about new creation many times, but I think scripture reminds us of it very often in verses like Galatians 2.20, Philippians 2.13, maybe Hebrews 10.16, just to name a few. Because by human nature, we tend to revert to operating as we did before we met Christ. But all of us, whether we're lifelong or brand new believers, need a constant reminder. We all need a constant reminder of our newness and freedom. We need to remember our newness. That's what I want to say to you. Remember your newness. Because we can get caught up in the day-to-day stuff. And we can begin to operate and even fall back into old patterns, you know, things that we did before we knew Christ. We have to be very careful. That's why the Word of God in Romans 12, 1 and 2 says to transform, be renewed by the transforming of your mind. So you have to stay in the Word of God. You have to stay in His presence. But this can happen to new believers and older believers. Matter of fact, let me just tell you this in regards to the heart. We can have a, as believers and non-believers, we can have a believing heart and an unbelieving heart, okay? There's two different types of heart here. Now, a believing heart is one that believes the Word of God and is transformed by it. We, that believing heart walks in faith. An unbelieving heart can be calloused by this world, this age, or heavenly influenced by other people. So let me give you an example of an unbelieving heart. As a Christian, 
I believed that there was a God, but I listened to other voices, and I had an unbelieving heart that he could do anything. I did not believe that he could do anything about my pain, therefore, I did not approach him with it because I had an unbelieving heart. Now, let's talk about this heart a little bit more. Now, the term the heart is a biblical word used to describe who and what we are at the deepest level of our existence. So, out of that heart rises up all of our relationships and responses to God and life itself. It is the core of our personality, a place where we do business with God, either living in love and obedience with Him or in rebellion against Him. Further, it is the chief source of our outward behavior. Now, as I already said, God is greatly interested in our heart because it is the main area of focus in our relationship to Him. Okay, now I mentioned earlier about the four chambers of the heart. I want to talk about that a little bit. So there are four areas in the spiritual heart. We're talking about the spiritual heart here. We know that there are four physical chambers of the heart, but I want to talk about the four spiritual levels of the heart. And those are, number one, the spiritual, the person's spiritual chamber, the person's, number two, intellectual chamber, number three, the person's emotional, and number four, volitional, which is your self-will and your choosing. So out of our heart, those four area, those personality functions arise out of our heart, and it basically reflects our character and our nature. Now, I want to give you some examples of that. From a spiritual perspective, the heart prays, it responds to God, it sings to God, it seeks God, oh, and it believes in God. And it is pure, blessed is a pure in heart, for they shall see God. And then when we consider the intellectual chamber of the heart, well, this part of the heart thinks, it understands, it has wisdom and knowledge, it lays up words, it doubts, it acknowledges. And then when we think about the emotional component of our heart, well, what do we have with emotions? We get angry, we get discouraged, we get delighted, we get anguished, uh, we can get heavy, you know, feel a lot of burden in our heart. And then when it comes to our will, the most powerful thing is our will, which God gives us. He gives us free will to choose. And what happens here in this component of the heart? It decides, it yields, it directs, it desires, and it does. So we see there in those examples, those are really powerful words concerning our will. And so we see through these examples that I just gave you, and that's just a small portion if you search scripture, matter of fact, I want you to do this. I did this for a season of time. I was amazed by all the discovery I found in the word of God about our hearts. Search the positive heart, search the negative heart, and you will find so much treasure there in regards to our hearts. So many different biblical examples. And so just in the few that I gave you today, you can see how important this is. You can see what power, all the transition, all the decision-making, all the emotion, all the will, all the many different things that live within our heart. No wonder God is so concerned about our heart. 
And I pray for all of us that we are in Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And a pure heart is something that we can all achieve. It is something that the Word of God says, ask and you shall receive. So you can go into your quiet time with the Lord every day. This is something I love to do and just say, Lord, give me a pure heart. Read the word of God. Declare it over your heart. I put my hand on my heart. Sometimes I anoint my heart and I just say, Lord, blessed are the pure in heart. Lord, I want to see you. I want to hear you, Lord. Forgive me of my sins and please cleanse my heart. Give me, oh, a clean heart. King David, as much as he loved the Lord, a man, he was known, right? For a man after God's own heart was continually saying, Lord, Give me a clean heart because David knew, King David knew how important it was to have a clean and pure heart before the Lord. And so it is the same with us, friends. But there's a promise here. God is wanting and desiring to give all of us a new heart. And we can have a new heart and a new spirit every day if we so need it by going to him and asking him to give us one, giving him our old broken heart in exchange for a new heart, seeking the real physician, the only true physician, Jehovah Rapha, to heal our heart and give us a brand new heart. And out of that springs forth life. Now, when we go a little bit further in the book of Ezekiel into chapter 37, the Lord is going to speak to dry bones. Now, Remember, this is, we just read through restoration. So in chapter 36, there is restoration that's going on. And that's continuing to overflow into chapter 37. This section is titled, The Valley of Dry Bones. And so I want to just read this to you because maybe this is where you find yourself today. It says, The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by his spirit. And he set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones, and he led me all around them. There was great many of them on the surface of the valley, and they were very dry. And then he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I replied, Lord God, only you know. And he said to me, Prophesy concerning these bones, and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord God says to these bones. I will cause breath to enter into you and you will live. I will put tendons on you and make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you so that you can come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord so I prophesied as I had been commanded. And while I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. As I looked, tendons appeared on them, flesh grew and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to it, this is what the Lord God says, breath, come from the four winds and breathe into these slain so that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. 
the breath entered them and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Look how they say our bones are dried up and our hope has perished. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord God says. I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them, my people, and lead you into the land of Israel. You will know that I am the Lord, my people, when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. This is the declaration of the Lord. Now, I want to say to you, maybe you feel like your bones are dry. Maybe you feel like you're those dry bones lying in the depth of that valley. Maybe you feel like everything is tore apart on you. Maybe you feel like your flesh is gone. Your tendons are detached. Maybe you feel like you have no breath left in you. But the Lord is saying here to prophesy to those bones, to prophesy to those tendons, to prophesy to that breath and say, dry bones live. I say to you, dry bones live. Arise. And then there came a noise rattling and everything came together. Hmm. This is what the Lord says. I will open your graves and bring you up from them. Some of you feel like you're in a grave. Some of you have been condemned to death spiritually. Some of you are wrapped in grave clothes. But the spirit of the living God prophesies to you and says, Arise, dry bones, live, come up out of that grave. That's what the Lord is saying to you. I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will bring restoration and transformation. You have to believe he is who he says he is. You have to believe that he will do what he says he will do. This word that I've read to you today is a declaration of the Lord. If you have not received him as your Lord and Savior, you must do that first. And then what does he say? I read it to you earlier. If you have received him as your Lord and Savior, then there will be a desire in you. The Holy Spirit will come and it will transform you and it will cause you. The Holy Spirit does this work in you, by the way. It's not anything that you can do. But the Holy Spirit will transform you and give you a heart that wants to serve and obey him. You will be so overwhelmed and so overtaken by his love for you that you will want nothing less than to serve him. You know, I've learned some things about the heart just in the last three years. And one of the things that I've learned about the heart is we live in a world, in a society, in a culture that will judge a man very quickly by what he looks like, what he appears to be. But we need to see him as what he can be, not what he might appear to be. Because appearances and perceptions can be wrong. And we are very quick to judge. Lord, forgive us. Because what is most important is a man's heart. God is after the heart. The heart is what leads us into eternity. Having a heart that believes, 
having a heart that wants to serve and care and love others, just like Jesus did when he walked this earth. It's the only thing that matters. When my dad passed away, I had some just bizarre, off-the-wall things said to me. You know, people um, say things with good intentions, but not always the best thing they say to those that are hurting and, and grieving. And, you know, it was obvious by some of the things that were said to me that many around me did not believe that my dad was a believer and certainly not that he entered into heaven's gates. I, however, did not believe that because of many conversations that I had had with my dad. And from an outside point of view, from an outside external view of my dad, many would say, oh, he never had anything and, you know, never accomplished much. And and there was certainly a lot of speculation as to whether or not he entered into heaven when he took his last breath. However, I know that he did. There were so many things, treasures that the Lord allowed me to discover after my dad passed on that absolutely showed me where he was and that he was with Jesus because there was no way he could have written the many things he left behind. Only a man that knew the Lord, that believed, could have written the words that he left me that soon became so many great treasures. And so there it is that you can never judge a man by what he appears to be. First of all, we're not the judge. It's not our place to judge. It's only the heart. It's all about the heart. And no one knows the heart and sees the heart but God himself. Oh, he sees what we can be and what we're going to be. So I want to end today's episode with a little story. There was a man who was a neighbor to a famous sculptor, and one day a large block of marble was delivered to the sculptor's backyard. And as the neighbor watched, the sculptor walked around and around that big piece of stone. Day after day, he walked around and around, and then one day he began to chip away at the marble. As the neighbor watched, he began to see what appeared to be a man's head being formed. And as the days went by, he could see that the sculptor was indeed making a statue of a man. When the work was finished, the neighbor went over to visit. And when he saw the front of the statue, he exclaimed, Why, that is a statue of Jesus! Then he asked the question that had been in his mind ever since that piece of marble had been delivered. Tell me, he said to the sculptor, why did you spend all that time walking around and around that big piece of marble before you began to work? The sculptor smiled and he replied, I was looking to see what was inside that piece of marble. And when I saw Jesus in there, I just chipped away everything that wasn't him. That piece of marble didn't do a thing to help the sculptor. It just rested and let the sculptor do the work. My friend, that is exactly how God desires to deal with you and me. When he looks at us, he sees Jesus, and he is chipping away what isn't him. All he asks of us is that we rest while he works. He is the sculptor, and we are the stone. And there is nothing for the stone to do but to believe that the sculptor is at work. 
the outcome will be an ever more perfect expression of the life of Jesus through us. That was taken by What Must We Do by John Kellogg. Friends, I hope that you've been encouraged today. The point of that little story that I am ending with is just to remind you that Jesus is in you. You were created in his image. And as believers and allowing Christ to dwell in us, just like the sculptor, he is coming forth more and more every day as we allow him to. He is chipping away. The Holy Spirit living inside of us is chipping away every day all those things that don't need to be there. But we just need to rest while he does the work. We have to rest and we have to believe. We have to rest and we have to believe. And we have to say yes to the process because he's most focused about our heart. And as we allow him to do this work in our heart and to chip away all the things that don't need to be there, well, there's a perfect work that is happening. And each and every day we become more and more like his image. And eventually one day when we go home to be with him forever in glory, we will be perfected. But until that time, take ease. We are all, all a work in process. And I am so thankful that Jesus loves me so much and loves you so much not to ever give up on you. He is always present, ever working. He is the potter. We are the clay. He is the sculptor and we are the stone. And he is constantly at work because of his great love for us creating us and molding us into everything that we need to be and everything we need to become. So I speak the goodness of God over you, the goodness of God that is in you, that it would come forth, that dry bones would live, that you would have a new heart and a new spirit, and you would take hold of that. You would take hold of that and receive that and begin today to walk in the newness, the new creation of who he's called you to be. Friends, I love you bunches. Have a wonderful week. And remember, live life abundantly. If you like Mommy's show, leave a review. Hey, before you go, if this podcast has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to leave a review and subscribe to the Shattered in the Beautiful show. Next, hop on over to the Shattered in the Beautiful private Facebook group where you will find a network of friends with daily inspiration. You can reach me at JeannieScottSmith.com. And lastly, please share the episode or review in your social and tag me at Smith Evangelistic Ministries. I cannot wait to meet with you again. Stay tuned for more life-giving podcasts coming your way.